The thrill and excitement of March Mania is here, and DraftKings Sportsbook, one of America's top-rated sportsbook apps, is giving new customers a shot to turn 5 bucks into $150 instantly in bonus bets with any college basketball bet. You can find all the lines and available odds, of course, at the DraftKings Sportsbook app. North Carolina listeners, don't forget, DraftKings Sportsbook is now live in your state. Download the DraftKings Sportsbook app and use code SBNFL. New customers can bet 5 bucks to get $150 instantly in bonus bonus bets only at DraftKings Sportsbook with code SBNFL. The crown is yours. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER or in West Virginia, visit www.1800gambler.net. In New York, call 8778-HOPE-NY or text HOPE-NY. In Connecticut, help is available for problem gambling. Call 888-789-7777 or visit ccpg.org. Please play responsibly on behalf of Boot Hill Casino and Resort 21 plus age varies by jurisdiction void in Ontario. Bonus bets expire 168 hours after issuance. See dkng.com slash bball for eligibility, deposit restrictions, terms, and responsible gaming resources. This is Jamie D and Big Newt. I'm Jamie DeBico. He is Big Chris Newton. A very congested Big Chris Newton. And Big Newt, it's a big week. We have a huge game coming up on Sunday night with the Bengals. The trade deadline is only, well, it's less than an hour old at the time of this recording. We've got some exciting things to talk about. But seriously, when I, I've asked you this figuratively in the past, but seriously, literally, how are you feeling? Well... I, that's why I'll be telling everybody at work. I went from last week feeling like I was going to have to go to the hospital to now I'm just congested and like sick. So I am doing better. Um, so thanks for asking, but um, I probably need to sit down, you know, uh, this weekend, Simone had three college visits. She had unofficials at American. We was right around the corner from your house. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Thanks um, for stopping by saying, Hey, getting burgers we, with me. Like it. Thanks. We, we were there all day and we had to scurry back because we had to uh, be at Radford university Saturday morning for practice. So we had no oh. time. <laughs> so yeah, we went from American to Radford on Saturday to North Carolina A&T on Sunday. So it's one of those things where, you know, you got to get things done and you're running where you need to probably take a couple of days and relax and you'll probably be over it. So, but thank you for asking. I am feeling a little better. So, and I, yeah, I had to give you a, give you a little, uh, little trouble there, but uh, where no, is no Radford and, and UNC or North Carolina A&T? North Carolina A&T is in Greensboro, North okay. Carolina. And uh, Radford is in Radford, Virginia. It's like, Maybe forty five minutes from Blacksburg. Oh God! Where in the middle UVA of nowhere. Is. Yes, yes. Mountain area. It's beautiful in that part sure. of Virginia, but yes, it's a nice track. So we 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 put some miles on a minivan on a swagger wagon this weekend. Yeah. So uh, I'm sure, especially this time of year, being out in the uh, being out in the hills in Virginia, it's got to be gorgeous. The foliage is beautiful, man. It's beautiful landscaping. Um, three beautiful universities, man, when the leaves are turning and everything. So it was nice, man. Just a lot of running. So Yeah, yeah. Nope. Um, so before we get into the topics at hand, I have a question for you. And before you do that, I just want to thank you and um, 
and say thank you for moving your schedule around and waiting to record it to after the deadline. So that's big of you to do that. Nah, um, no just want to tell Bill's Mafia listen to us. You put a lot of work into this stuff and just want to, you know, commend you for that. So, Thanks, so we can try to give you the uh, up to a minute as much as we can for a Wednesday podcast we record on Tuesday. So thanks for waiting it out. Buddy, it was the right thing to do. And now uh, I'm going to go the the complete other end of the story and ask you this question, which is, has anybody ever kept receipts on you from things you post on social media? Yeah, all the time. Well, not just social media, because, you know, I really don't say anything on social media, but we they keep receipts on what we text each other. I'm in like 10 different text groups, you know what I'm saying? So we always talking about what's going on and everything. And sure. they always say that, oh, I keep, I keep receipts for what you say, Newt. Because, you know, when we're giving each other a hard time, I probably that's probably one of my faults. Like, if you bust my chops, then I'm going to probably try to bust yours twice as hard. Sure. And then I'll probably say something outrageous because I'm upset you're talking about my team. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? Okay. Well, like, you know, private conversations are one thing. And, okay. yeah, I, I think that that is deserved. Well, okay. Newt, for the first time ever, somebody on social media kept a receipt on something I said, and I'm so entertained by it. Really? What happened? Tell me about it. Okay, so... Uh, NFL on CBS back in, oh gosh, May of 2022, writes number of 40 plus yard pass TDs in NFL career. Odell Beckham, two. Tua Tagovailoa, one. And Nate Geary writes, CBS gets me. And I wrote, that'll probably improve this year. I foresee T. Hill taking a six-yard cross or 50 yards at some point before Tua is benched in favor of Teddy Bridgewater. Oh. (laughs) (laughs) Oh, that's a take for you. Okay. And a dude who's at 6YRNE, just goes by Jay, uh, the image on his profile on X is T. Hill himself. And he writes, today... Nice take. <laughs> <laughs> oh, my goodness. And I, I responded to him. I, I said, yeah, I whiffed on that one by a mile. Two is the real deal now that he has McDaniels. By the way, you're the first to keep receipts, and I'm very entertained by this. <laughs> nice. And nothing wrong with that. That means people listen and paying attention, and we're not going to always be right, man. So, I mean, hey, you know. Nothing wrong with that. That means people are listening. I also want to point out one of the biggest trades in Buffalo Bills history. They're part of a a three-way deal on this date, and this is Halloween, but so it'll be one day removed in 1987 when the Bills traded two first-round draft picks, a second-round pick, and Greg Bell in a three-way deal that sent Eric Dickerson from the Rams to the Colts, and the Bills picked up Cornelius Bennett in that trade. Nice. Okay, a little history lesson. Okay. Fifth grade for me, and I could not have been more excited. Maybe it was sixth grade. I could not have been more excited that day. Really? Yeah. Bill Polian, man, putting together what was going to be the juggernaut. That was like the finishing touches right there. And what year was this? 87. 87. He was in a fifth grade, 87? I think I was in sixth now that I 
now that I think about it. Oh, okay. Young seven. I was a freshman, I believe. I think I was a freshman. That'd be about right. I graduated in 91. When did you graduate? 94. 94. All right. Yeah. So that must be about right. Yeah. All right. So, buddy, there was a big trade today. And and to give and to give you a stat line, I just saw I was watching NFL Network, and they said today was the most trades in any one day since like 1990. No kidding. The second most trades. I'm sorry, I don't know what the first ones, but they did say that on NFL Network, leading into what you were saying. So yeah, it was a lot of moving around today, but most importantly, what the Bills did. They traded. A third-round pick for Rasul Douglas, cornerback, mm-hmm. Green Bay Packers, yes. and a fifth-round pick in this upcoming draft. How are you feeling about that? Well, first of all, I love it for the even – I don't even know who this guy is. I loved it because we picked up uh, Booger. We picked up Leonard for that also. Um, I'm just glad – remember, we talked about it last week. I'm just happy we did something and we didn't stand pat. And mm-hmm. it was a position of need. All day, I don't know if everybody listening was following along going up to the trade deadline like we were, but it was rumors that we were going to go out to Jalen Johnson mm-hmm. for the Bears. Is that Jalen Johnson or Jalen Jackson? Well, Johnson. Johnson, I'm sorry. And um, from the Bears, right? And I was like, oh, okay. So I'm working kind of excited. So I guess that fell through. So we pivoted on Razul Douglas, and I like it. And the first thing, because you text me, was like, what do you think about this? And I'm like, well, from everything I'm reading on social media, great, because I know a lot of Green Bay. I got family, obviously, in Milwaukee. I text my cousin. He was mad about it. It was like, we must be tanking. Why would you trade? And that was like what everybody pretty much was saying online. Like, Mm. why would you trade the guy that, one guy that on the defense that actually cares? And so I was like, okay, so before I even looked him up, looked up his stats, what he is, I, was, I looked at social media and saw that. So I was like, okay, that's a check. 6'2", 210 pounds out of West Virginia, former third-round pick, played for Philly and then went to Green Bay for the last couple of years. I went to uh, Pro Football Focus. I think he was like a 74%. And I'm like, okay, what is that for a corner? So I looked up our corners. I looked up Bradford. I looked up Davis White, even though he's on IR. Um, I looked up Elam, who had a low one, and then who hasn't been dressed out also. And then also Dane Jackson. So his 74 is better than everything we got. So I was like, all right, great. Let's do it. And then only give up a th- third-round pick and get a fifth round in, in return. I was totally happy with it. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I, I think that you made your team better. and. He's currently ranked as the 12th best cover corner in the NFL, which means, and, you know, that's obviously quite fluid, but Sean McDermott is very good at coaching DBs. So what you potentially got yourself is a top 10 corner who's also under contract next year for eight and a half million dollars. Yes. This is a very good sign because an Achilles injury it's a 12-month injury before you can come back from it. Right. At the age where Trey White is, with the way the injuries are mounting, they are obviously, to me, looking ahead to next year and saying, we need to have this guy on the field. Mm-hmm. I think this is a great move. Nice. I like it. I yes. like when you're happy, man. That's good stuff. You like that? 
I do. Do you think he's going to play in Cincinnati this weekend? Um, he probably will sparingly, but it'll be very, you know, very simplistic stuff. Very, you know, um, run of the mill coverages. Like, mm-hmm. okay, you know what? On this play, you're guarding the flat. You know, whatever. Because <laughs> you know cool. he's he's an experienced player, and he, he's not going to have the terminology, but he is. Uh, very well steeped in zone coverages. So he's going to understand the basics of running a, you know, cover two, cover three, cover, you know, quarters coverage, whatever that is. Mm, I think so too. I think we'll see him. Hopefully we see him. Yes. Yes. Um, I, I would prefer he's on the field. 15 career interceptions over the last seven years. Um, once again, he played first three years with Philly, then a year with Carolina and then the final, Last three years since 2021 with Green Bay. Mm-hmm. 15 career uh, interceptions, nine of them, okay, nine of them the last three years. Oh. Yeah. yeah. Wait a minute. I've got a different stat. Ten of them okay. in the past three years, two of which have gone through for touchdowns. Oh, okay. That's even better. And 32 passes defensed. Yes. It felt good, man. It felt good. It looked like we tried to address a need that we all greatly see we need to have addressed. So yes. it feels good. I feel like we got better today. I, I agree know? with that. And getting better is where you want to see the team go. Yet at the same time, I don't think that was their most pressing need. Oh. Okay. No, what I, do you think what do you think that is, wide receiver? I I think that the the biggest need was defensive tackle, the one technique. Oh, oh I thought you were going to say you pivoted on me. All right, I thought you were going to say receiver. No, no, I never did think that receiver was the biggest need. I did feel like it's a, a weakness, okay. but I, I, I really would have liked to have seen a big body come in that can that can stand up to the run. All right. Do, do you not believe that Daquan Jones is going to come back? I don't think so. Okay. And if he does, is it going to be too late? Hmm. Hmm. Okay. What do you think? Yeah, I'm hopeful. I'm praying. But you're right. It's a good chance he might not. So, And if he does, then what is he going to look like at that point? So, Right. Right. Because he certainly isn't going to be in game shape. Right. Right. Uh, couple other trades that I just wanted to uh, throw out there. Chase Young okay. traded to the 49ers. I know, right? From the Commanders. Big trade. Former number yeah. two overall pick. From the D.C. area, DeMatt, the high school grad, leaving his hometown to go out to the West Coast, man. San Fran got an abundance of riches in the D-line, don't they? Jeez. Yeah, they do. <laughs> you know, they did something. They realized they have great pass rushers, but their production hasn't been uh, up to snuff lately. So I guess that's why they decided to trade. I think they gave up a third-round pick. Mm-hmm. And then they got rid of also uh, Montez Sweat, too. Yeah, so they're they're tearing it down. Yes. They, they've yes. got a rebuild coming for sure. So um, is that a bust? Do you consider him a bust then? If you trade a, the former second overall pick for a third-round pick, what do you think about that? Uh, I, I wouldn't call him a bust um, for two reasons. Trading him for a third-round pick, his contract is expiring. So okay. there's only so much you can get for that. Number two, is a person a bust if they are limited because of injuries? 
or because for me, it's more about poor play. Like if, if Kyer Elam goes the next couple of years and isn't active any more than he currently has been, if he's still a healthy scratch after four years in the league and it's not injury related, yeah, then that would be a bust. Um, you know, he was Chase Young was rookie of the year and then he slowed down. Mm-hmm. And, you know, that's injuries kind of got him to where he is now. But, you know, I, I wouldn't say a bust. Did you think, and I know we're going to talk about all the things, but you just remind me of something. Did you think uh, Kyrie Elam was going to get traded today? I didn't really know. Um, okay. After it came out that Brendan Bean had said he has no intention of trading Elam, I just assumed it wasn't going to happen. Um, I I think they're trying to avoid the sunk cost. And as we know, the sunk cost is a fallacy. But they're going to try to get something out of him, and so he can. So Bean doesn't have to basically eat the fact that he, he yet again made a bad traded up for a guy who didn't work out. Right, right. And so it's kind of like you watch a man, and it's like, dude, how bad does he have to be to not even get a jersey on game days? Yeah, you know, he's lost out there, man. And is it the defense? Is it too complex for him? Is he did, was it a bad pick because he's a man guy and we run zone? Like what is it? That I part just, doesn't help, right? But I um, I think he's playing without confidence. True, and you can't play that position without confidence. I agree. Yeah, but I I feel like Brandon Bean is like. Um, you know, we gave up on Wyatt Teller. We talk about it on the show all the time too soon. So we will not do that with this. Um, I think if we would have traded him today, we probably would have got more than we would would have we wait till later. So mm-hmm. you're kind of hedging your best there. Um, I don't know. I, I, like I said, I guess I was like you. I didn't know if we would trade him, but uh, we just, I mean, we kept him and hopefully he continues to improve. And maybe we could get something out of them because I would hate to see a first round pick just not do anything. So obviously, mm-hmm. yeah, yeah. Um, I, I I don't think I disagree with trying to give him a fresh start this year, but at the same time, I see why the Bills are going to try to see what they can, how how we can develop in the off season, right? This year. You know, and it does happen sometimes. Dudes lose their confidence, but they come back the following season feeling better. A mm-hmm. um, couple of other interesting trades that have happened. Yes. The Cardinals traded Josh Dobbs to the Vikings. Yes. Didn't see that coming. Yes, they did. And they and they said that he wasn't going to start this weekend coming up. So I don't, I don't think I've seen the Cardinals play this year. So I can't really speak to what's going on, but we know Minnesota's in trouble at the quarterback position right now because right. Kirk Cutters tore his Achilles on Sunday, I believe. Mm-hmm. So they need they need quarterback help. And so they got Dobbs from Arizona. So I think Arizona's going with a rookie this week. So I don't know. That was that was interesting. It was rumors that they were going to go after Jameis Winston in New Orleans. So they filled that spot with with uh somebody. Yeah. 
uh, obviously, you know, Jameis Winston apparently really wanted that that trade to get done. Yes. And I, I feel like they probably weren't able to agree on compensation there. Mm-hmm. But I'm not sure what good it does to have Jameis Winston as your backup if you could have gotten anything for him at all. Yeah. I'm with you. Um, it doesn't look like, at least from what I'm seeing, it doesn't look like any of the Bills' rivals in the AFC made any major moves. I don't remember seeing anything. You're right. Do you consider that a win? Yes. Yeah? Okay. Yeah, I think so because, like I said, I feel like we got better and everybody else stayed the same. So, well, I hope we got better. I mean, once again, we don't know what it's going to look like until we see it. But um, we, at least we did some. Everybody else felt like, hey, we're good enough. We're going to stand pat. If anything, I'm surprised. If anything, I thought maybe New England would be sellers today. Mm-hmm. And they decide to, you know – whole serve. So we'll, we'll see. So one thing that I do find confounding, okay. the commanders traded Montez sweat to the bears mm-hmm. and are receiving a second round pick. And also sweat is in the final year of his rookie contract. Mm. Why like, in why? the world? Why? <laughs> and he could walk. Why would you give up a second round pick? I don't. I don't know what the Bears are doing. You know, they gave up a second round pick to a guy who could walk out the door after nine more games, and you're and not playing for anything. They're not playing for anything. <laughs> Compare that to what the Bills got. The Bills traded a third round pick, well, and are receiving back a fifth round pick for a guy who is one of the better players at his position and is under contract for next year. Right. What? Right. Yeah. I don't, I don't know what the bears are doing, man. I have friends as Chicago bear fans and they're just dumbfounded with the moves they make. So I have no idea. I would be furious if I was a bears fan. Yeah. Because you know, that pick is going to be like, I don't know, pick number 33, 34, something like that. Right. Especially if sweat leaves. If you mm-hmm. can't resign them. So I don't know. They need to try to get everybody I talk to from Chicago. They need to worry about the offensive line. So Right. Yeah. Right. I, I don't yeah, you're them. I, I just don't understand that. But anyway. Yeah. yeah. Um I'm happy to see no defensive tackle who could have been a help to the Bills get mm-hmm. moved for something that looked affordable. Like, say, uh, what's his name in Minnesota? They used to play for Buffalo. I'm blanking on his name. Uh, Phillips? Yeah, Phillips. Yeah, yeah that was like my if, guy, if man. If he got moved for like a fifth-round pick, I'd be like, oh, come on, Bills. Yeah. But anyway. Yeah. yeah I, w- I would have felt the same way. That was my guy, man. Was it? You know, I like that kid, man. He gave us something. Yeah, he did. Yeah, he did. So, now that we're done talking trades. Well, we're not. We're not? No. Oh, what you got? What do you think about Booger? Can we get uh, Leonard for that? 
Oh, well, that's not a trade. Well, I'm saying we picked him up. Oh, yeah, and real quick, I just looked it up. The Jets picked up Roger uh, Saffel. Oh, that, yeah, but free agent. Yeah. Oh, well, you're just talking. I'm sorry. I'm all over the place. I just, I, I lump it all together. People move it. Okay. Okay. Gotcha. Yeah. I'm lumping it all together. See, you, you're way more detail oriented. I'm just looking at big picture, man. <laughs> I guess that's me being a married man, old married guy, you know, just tell me what time to be there. Whatever. My wife do all the planning. She just tells me what to do. So <laughs> I apologize. So, I'm what do I think of the Jets team. picking up Roger Saffold? Uh, yawn. Does it mean anything? Not a damn thing. Oh, there it is. There's a reason Roger Saffold didn't have a job until this time. So do you believe that? I wanted yep. to talk about that. You believe if you were out in the street, see, because that's what I thought when we picked up uh letter for that. Can you pick up somebody off the couch and they contribute to your team? Well, we saw you- that Justin Pugh contributed to the Giants, right? Yeah, he was out there. Yeah, he's contributing. I mean, in a positive winning way. I think it happens. We've seen it happen through the years. You know, players that perhaps wanted more money than they could get and said, well, I'm just going to sit until some injuries happen and then let them call me. Like your boy, the receiver. Um, Went out there to the Rams. And then help him win a Super Bowl. Ain't really been the same since. Um, Odell Beckham? Yeah, Odell Beckham, yep. Yeah. It can happen. Do you uh, see Leonard for that helping us this year? Uh, maybe in uh, maybe in a Harris sort of way. Okay. You know, like if he can be a Damian Harris, fine. Uh, but just around the margins, I don't, you know, he doesn't move the needle move too the much. Needle for you. He's a good receiver out the backfield. Yeah, he's a good um, blocker too. And a good blocker. I, I think he can help us. <laughs> I mean, I think James Cook could still be our, you know, start running back, but I can see him taking carries from uh, Latavius Murray. The only thing about him is, though, all right, essentially now, would he be our third running back? Yeah, I, mean, I think probably after he gets in game shape. But then your third running back is usually a guy who you want playing special teams. Yeah, well, he better learn how to block and uh, tackle. <laughs> you know, and I don't know if that's going to be the role for him. So I don't know. I'm eager to see, though, you know, because it was rumored we were going to pick him up uh, a couple weeks ago and it didn't happen. So to have him, I'm like, oh, okay, all right. You know, interesting. You know? Yeah, I don't. I don't think you get drastically That's, better because you have him. Have Super Bowl experience. Hey, you know, never hurts to have winners. Yeah, no. I'm giving you all these things. You're just like, no, still, no, it ain't doing enough for you. Yeah, it doesn't. You know, turn you it on. Really doesn't move the needle for me. Doesn't turn you on. Okay, I got you. Yeah, I got you. All right. Am I? Uh... Oh God, I'm. Uh... Really wet blanket, aren't I? <laughs> That's cool. Right. <laughs> you know? So. And do you think Roger Saffold makes the Jets better? I think they need help on the old line. I don't know how much he's going to help or is he better than what they already have at the spot. 
Yeah, he was pretty uh, but, bad last year. But they did something. So you never know, man. Kick the tires on him. You know? Yeah. I'll just bring it up. You said you said something happened in our division, and I gave you something to happen in the division, okay? Don't beat me up on him. No, I'm not. <laughs> I, I think know. what I asked is, did anything, you know, happen? Did, did any said, yeah, big trades happen? In our division. I was like, yeah, Roger yeah, Saffold. True. You know, try to give you something. Yeah, you but did no, try to give me something, didn't you? And I just yeah. threw it right back in your face with all yeah. sorts of malice. You poo-pooed it like my wife doing my cooking. What? My wife hates my cooking. How can she possibly poo-poo those public my, wings, public swings? I don't cook public wings. I don't work on the fryer at Publix. Even <laughs> I wish I did. If I did, I probably, I bet you for every bucket I sell, I'd probably eat a bucket. Um, <laughs> I love public wings. But... uh yeah, she'd probably she'd rather eat soup than eat my cooking. The kids huh. don't mind it though, but yeah. My what, wife my what's wife your is issue with it? My wife is like a picky eater. She has to be in the mood. Like most women, she got to be in the mood for something and all, you know, it just takes a lot. That's why she just handles the cooking, because I'm like a, a garbage disposal. Whatever she cooks, I just eat. You know. So it like doesn't it, bother me. is the issue you cooking things that she doesn't care for, or is it more along the lines of like what you cook tastes bad? No, no, I think it, well, I'm not a great cooker, but I'm just saying, period. Like, yeah. let's say on Saturday mornings, like we're off, whatever, we're about to watch the game, I might cook eggs, sausage, and bacon or something. Sounds she'll good. Just kinda, she'll just kind of, kids will eat it, I eat it, she'll just kind of pick at it. Yeah, I'll just have some coffee. And then we wind up just eating, you know. She just has to be in a mood for stuff. That's all. Nah. But that's all. All right. I, I was wondering if she was, like, really busting your balls about it. No, no. No, she okay. just got to be in a mood. It's more of that. Okay. Yeah. Got it. Yeah. I'm not in a mood for this. It's like, oh, well, here, I made this for you. You know, where you, like, if somebody do something, like, I'm just going to eat it regardless. You know, even if I ain't really care for it or didn't even want it, I just eat it to be nice. Well, you Yeah. Know? You know, anything I cook, my my wife is thrilled. She's like, "Oh, the best food, the best tasting food is always the food that someone else cooks." Well, let me tell you, I, I told you this a long time. Your wife loves you way more than my wife likes me. So, <laughs> <laughs> oh my god, she loves you, man. You she you told me that smiling. before. Oh yeah, huh. oh yeah. Your wife, the way you come in the room, and you, she lights up and stuff. When I walk in the room, my wife goes, eh. It's like, eh. Here's this guy. Yeah, interestingly, there is a picture <laughs> of me playing with a baby, and my sister-in-law pointed out, she's like, and and look at your wife staring at you in the distance lovingly. Yes, she does. <laughs> yes, she does. I didn't I'd pay think for that. deserve that. I'd pay for that if my wife looked at me how your wife looks at you. She's just so nice. I just want to <laughs> She's a very her. nice person. Every time I see your wife, I just want to squeeze her cheeks. So, yeah, I think she'd allow for that coming from you. Yeah. And you just got to give my wife a hug for just dealing with me. So, you know. Oh, no, I'm afraid of her. I don't want to get too close. <laughs> <laughs> oh, man. Man, we have gotten off track. We got so oh, much Jesus. Stuff to talk about. Is there anybody still listening? I know, no. right? They probably like these dudes. Just They probably fast forward us. Um, what about the game, man? You got any thoughts on the game on Thursday? 
yeah, I mean, the Bills looked like they were getting back on track. Maybe they got a little too conservative at the end. Um, yes. And kind of got away from what was working for them. Uh, yes. But, you know, a, a comment was made uh, in Mike Sando's column. He was interviewing a an executive with another team. And he said that the Bills remind him of a team that won the past two Super Bowls and at this point is just trying to hang on. They they just always look like they're trying to hang on as opposed to teams like the Chiefs go out there, they're doing the ring around the rosy and look like they're having fun and all the rest of it. The Bills just always look tight and tired and like their best days are behind them. Ooh. But I followed it up by saying, but, you know, they're talent-wise, they're the real deal. So is this a reflection of Sean McDermott being far too intense? You think it's starting to wear on the team? It's possible. I, you know, I, I, I didn't really have vocabulary for it until the guy said they look like they're oh, – they always look like they're just trying to hang on. Right. It's true, oh. isn't it? Yeah, I can see that. And I, yeah. like I said, I can see McDermott. I mean, I don't know how enjoyable he is to work with. You know what I'm saying? Like I said, we talked about Brian Dable and that stuff a couple of weeks ago when we played the Giants. Mm-hmm. I would like, because it is funny that you bring that up because on NFL Network, they was like, yeah, they made it, Bills made a trade today. And, and I think Olaski or somebody was like, this is our window and our window is closing. So I feel like the national media really feels that. Like, if we can't get it done, we're never going to get it done. And, uh, you know, I was on uh, Off Tackles yesterday with uh, Paparotti and uh, Jay Spence filling mm-hmm. in for uh, Fina, right? And that, I mean, that's really a talk about substitute teacher, boy. I Me mean, filling in for that guy, you know. But uh, give it a listen if you haven't. We was on there yesterday. Um, but, I mean, the national media really feels like this is it for us. And I'm just like, well, we've been injured. Like, so last year we had, you know, catastrophe happens, you know, mm-hmm. the owner's wife got sick and, you know, DeMar Hamlin, that situation. Now the whole middle of our defense is out for the year. So I don't, anyway, to answer your question, it's like, I don't know if I'm ready to say that even though that's what everybody on the outside saying. I do feel like as long as we have Josh Allen playing the way he's playing, he's in, and, and I know I said a couple of weeks ago, he might've regressed, maybe took a step back, but you are right. He is still statistically one of the best quarterbacks in the league. Mm-hmm. And if you got, I always feel like that's my bedrock. If you got good quarterback play, you're always going to be in contention. Mm-hmm. You know, it's just up to Brandon Bean to surround him with the uh, supporting cast. To, so we could get it done. Mm-hmm. And like we always talk about our here, I mean, his picks and his acquisitions has been up and down, you know, but a lot of people in the NFL have too, you know what I'm saying? So like, look at the Chiefs. I mean, they've been hit and miss with their draft picks. Right. The England Patriots won many Super Bowls and they hit and miss with their draft picks. Right. So I'm not ready to necessarily say that. Maybe that's just hope talking, but, uh, I would say as long as Josh Allen stay healthy, we have a chance. I agree with that. If you have Josh Allen, you have a chance. And the other thing to keep in mind is that teams 
ebb and flow from season to season. You know, that that's the other part of it is that every once in a while, doesn't it seem like the Ravens pick in the top 10? Mm-hmm. And then every other season, they're competing for the AFC title. Yeah. Like it just every once in a while, teams have a season where they crap the bed. Yes. Or they underachieve for whatever reason that is. And that's, you know, that's all part of it. That's all part of it. And sometimes you have to take your salary cap medicine. Sometimes you have your uh, freakish injuries that, that go on that you just can't compensate for. And I, I, I wonder if we are having expectations that are far too high of this team and have. I won't name names, but asked a good friend last year before the season, what do you think the percentage likelihood is that the Bills win the Super Bowl this year? And he said 60. Mm-hmm. 60%. That's what we as Bills fans are doing. We're saying 60% chance that the Bills are going to win the Super Bowl. And if they don't, it's a big disappointment. Even Las Vegas only had them at 8% and they were the top. Mm-hmm. I think that's wishful thinking. And and you're going to have that as fans, bro. You know what I'm saying? And, and you and I, we always understood that, even before we had this podcast, you're going to have fans who, I mean, they take it hard, bro. You know what I'm saying? And I used to be one of them. I used mm. to take losses hard, you know? And so I think it's wishful thinking. This weekend, and I, I, could, I'm a, I think I'm going to retweet the link, Dabo Sweeney, right, in college mm-hmm. football, the head coach at Clemson. He went on somebody's radio show, and this fan called in going off on him. They're 4-4 four four going into the Notre Dame game this weekend. They're 4-4. Four four. This man has this man is basically Clemson football. He brought you two national championships, brought you an unprecedented amount of NFL players. He basically put you on a map. Mm-hmm. Like, I'll say it on here, and I'll document I was in Florida State with Bobby Bowden, right, towards the end. Bobby Bowden is like a god in college football. Dabo Sweeney's not far off of that. Dabo Sweeney, Florida State, Bobby Bowden, Florida State is almost Dabo Sweeney and Clemson. Yeah, right? he just they hasn't were, been there as long. Right. Like, they were pretty much nothing before Dabo got there. And so now you get a 4-4 season. You're coming off a national championship playoffs the last couple of years. Now you have a down year, and y'all got the nerve and audacity to boo this man and, and all this stuff. And I get it. When you're a fan, you're, it's what have you done for me lately. I get it. But come on, man. You got to have perspective. And like I said, I filled in for John Finnell off tackle yesterday. And when we first started the show, we were talking about Jay Spitz was like going into the trade deadline, man, I would mortgage the future to win a Super Bowl now. And I'm like, well, I'm 50 years old. And with my cholesterol, I don't know how long I'm going to be here. So, yes, I would trade 10 first-round picks to get give me a Super Bowl this year. And for the rest of my days, I will be wearing that 2024 Super Bowl champs, and then you can bury me in it once I'm gone. Mm-hmm. I don't care about the future. I care about trying to win one, right? So, if Dabble, I'm saying all that to say, being long-winded, that if Dabble Sweeney was my coach and brought me two championships when I ain't never had none, I think I think Clemson won in like 82 or 83. But pretty much, 
these last 10, 15 years of Dabo, you've been in contention. And now you get a I would I would give anything for Dabo to be my coach or get and give me that kind of production. Right. Here's the thing though. When people talk about trading 10 first round picks for a Super Bowl, it's not an either or proposition. You don't trade away the future and end up with a Super Bowl. And that's why teams don't take those chances because too many things can go wrong. You're it's, right. I it's agree. Single elimination, right? Like yeah, that's right. something goes wrong in that game. Your team comes out flat. You know, you somebody has a bad game, it, a terrible call on the field turn, turns the tide. And, and that's why teams don't do it because you have to build it to be sustainable. And the Bills have done just about everything they can do in order to mortgage the future. How many contracts have they pushed in, into the future? You're right. The, the Bills have more money tied up in bonuses than any team in the NFL. Yes, we do. They're putting their money where their mouth is. Oh, man. Okay. Not to name names, but – and I'm not going to name names, but I keep having <laughs> conversations with people about the Bills that are annoying the hell out of me. And one person said that the problem with the Bills is that ownership is too cheap. I'm like, oh, my God. <laughs> Oh my gosh! Somebody same, called go the ahead, same go person. If sorry to interrupt you, said no. that you could trade AJ Epinesa and a fourth round pick in order to get Patrick Sertan Jr. No, you can't. No, I know it was. I I had to walk away from that conversation. <laughs> Somebody called in to extra point show yesterday with Sal Capaccio. I was listening to it. And he said that we need to get a backup quarterback that's going to push Josh Allen. Oh, yeah. There's a lot of those out there that can push <laughs> a top three quarterback in the NFL that are that other teams are just excited to get rid of. Yes. And then Sal Capacho was so funny. He was like, I know it's Halloween, man, but I didn't know it was April Fool's Day. He's like, are you serious? And so, and don't get me wrong, I have said that he regressed. But when I talk about that, I'm talking about mechanics, little things. I'm not saying I want to replace you. Can, can you even replace Josh Allen? No, he's a top three QB in the NFL. Can you replace him? And if you do replace who are you going to replace him with? Uh I, yeah, and so, and don't get me wrong, I don't make fun of people because I get it, man. It's emotion talking. I've been there. <laughs> you know, I've been there. I used to look at y'all like, man, y'all don't care, man. Like, y'all, yeah, I used to think that because I used to hang, my mood would hang on whether the Bills win or lose at that point in my life. Mm -hmm. You know what I'm saying? Now I got other things. You know, my, my kids are bigger now. But when they were small and driving me crazy, and I had those four hours of hang with y'all, man, and yeah, I wanted to see us win, even though we was not in the position to win back then. They were not you doing know? a lot of winning back in the day, no. No, we wasn't. You know what I'm saying? So I get it. I've been there. You know what I'm saying? I'm not saying it's right or wrong. And uh, Nate Geary does – I feel like he does a good job – um, in the overtime show, mm -hmm. uh, post game, because people call in, they're mad. Sometimes he'll be mad, you know, but he, I've never heard him hang up on people or belittle people. You do and not I, like that. I don't think you should do that. No, you shouldn't. You know, I don't think you should do that. That's just me. But, but 
I'm not going to condemn them because I'm sure they you get to a point where you hear so much crazy stuff, then it might piss you off. You know, I guess I don't think I will ever do that. You can say crazy. As long as you're not being, my bedrock is don't be disrespectful. But if you call, if I had a call in show or you hit me up on Twitter, you say some crazy stuff, then, you know, like I, did I tell you about this last week, I got to one of my friends, right? Because they said, because this was like a thing last week, that Kyrie Irving, who is now with the Dallas Mavericks, is better than Luka Doncic. What? Kenyon Martin got on the Gilbert Arenas podcast, the Gilbert Arenas show, and said basketball people know that Kyrie Irving is better than Luka. Uh, yes, and so hmm. that was a thing last week, and so some of my friends was trying to explain to me, and I think I talked about this because I was like, I told my friend to shut up. I was like, you sound crazy, and they played college. All these people I'm on the text line with, they played college basketball, and two of them said that Kyrie Irving is better than Luca, meaning, and and so they tried to argue because I'm throwing facts at them, right? I'm like, this man is four-time first-team All-NBA. He drug his team to the Western Conference Finals by himself. He averages this, that, and the other. They said, no, if they play one-on-one, Kyrie Irving would be better. And I said, well, hell, I don't know. Okay, that's fine. <laughs> if they play one-on-one, hypothetically, maybe Kyrie Irving wins. Hey, maybe, sure. But, but as far as their career, I said this, and I'm going to say it on here so you can keep the receipts. Luka Doncic is closer to LeBron James who I think is the best basketball player ever. He has surpassed Michael Jordan. Yep, I have said it. I know that's going to probably make a lot of people mad, and I'm the biggest Michael Jordan fan. I'm going to ask you a question on here. When you see me, what kind of shoes am I wearing every time you see me? Nikes. You're Michael Jordan shoes. I'm wearing Jordans. I have a nice collection. I'll get on here and say it. I have over 100 pair of Jordans in my closet, in my collection. I am a big Michael Jordan fan, all right? But LeBron James has lapped Michael Jordan statistically, okay? So I would just be a hater. This man is averaging 25 points, and he's his 21st year in the league. Michael Jordan was stealing from the Wizards year 17 to 18. He was stealing <laughs> that from That is us. a good way of putting it. He was he stealing. He was stealing from us because I'm a Wizards fan. I can talk on it, right? And so – I said this, Luka Doncic, he's, he is closer to LeBron James than he is to Kyrie Irving. You're crazy. You're crazy. And I was like, Luka has been four-time first-team All-NBA in his young career, just like LeBron. Now, as long as he stay on this trajectory, he don't get hurt or anything else, his career will be closer to LeBron, maybe without the championship. But you can't count Kyrie's championships because he did it with LeBron James as a second fiddle. Kyrie Irving is a second fiddle now. He gets bounced around from teams. And so my bedrock, and I know I'm going on a tangent. It's a Bill's podcast, but I'm just giving you insight of where I'm coming from. Luka is a franchise player. Kyrie has bounced around to four different teams the last five years. He hasn't been a franchise player in four or five, I mean, five or six years. And when he was with Cleveland before LeBron came back, they were terrible. They was getting the number one picks in the draft. Is no comparison. Right? So, I don't know why did I bring this up. I'm so forgetful. Um, 
gosh, I, I don't even remember <laughs> myself. We're going to go back and listen to this and talk- be like, oh. <laughs> so were we talking about emotional, being emotional about something? Maybe that yes. was it. So, I, so anyway, I understand when fans get emotional about things. I get it. I just think that I wouldn't hang up on people. I'd just be like, okay. Yeah, so I was bringing up having disagreements. Mm-hmm. So I could disagree with your facts as long as we can be respectful. That's all. I never tell people, oh, I know more than you because I played and you didn't. I never said that because this could be people who didn't play who still know sports. You know, just give me facts and then we can just kind of sift through it. Maybe we can find common ground. If if I may say, there was somebody who we used to watch, um, we used to watch football with who played basketball in college. And I was watching, he really didn't like Syracuse. I was watching a game, I guess people were sort of commenting online, and I said uh, the other team was playing pretty well against Syracuse, but I I said they're not going to maintain this. I don't like the way they're attacking the zone. And he's like, what are you talking about? And I said, well, they're not doing this and this. Personally, and and you've watched enough basketball, I personally am a strong believer that if you want to – if you want to take it to a two, three zone, you dominate the baseline, you win the game. A lot, lot of high, low passes. Like, and I was sort of mentioning that. And mm-hmm. it, his response was, there's more than one way of attacking a zone. I said, oh yeah, absolutely. I agree. But this is what works against this team. And the response I got was, well, I played. And that was it. <laughs> well, I played. <laughs> Like, I, I, okay. I think I know who you're talking about, too. Yes, I'm sure. Okay. I'm certain he's taller than us. <laughs> well, you would have to be. Oh, okay. Well, yeah. I play. Know. But yes, you know exactly. Well, I yes. play. <laughs> well, I'm very proud of you. However, I do know enough to know that <laughs> this specific right. Syracuse team struggles guarding the, guarding the baseline anyway. Right. No, I understand. And I don't think I've ever said that uh, before, you know. No, you have all the reason in the world to say that to me, and you don't. I would never say that to you. I would, because to me, that's that's a cop out. Oh, I played. Okay, so just shut up. No, I mean, and like I said, we're all educated, and you, and that's one thing about like grad school. Everything is like debate oriented. Support your, you know, arguments with facts. And if you could do that, then I'm cool with it. You know what I'm saying? We yeah. might not agree, you know, but support them with facts. And 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 all of it, it's like beauty. You know, you might think one person's beautiful and I'm like, oh, they're all right. And vice versa. Uh-huh. It's all subjective. Just support it with facts, to quote not just our, emotion. To quote our but, boy, Wino, that's what makes sports fun. Right. That's right. totally what makes sports fun. Exactly. It's the different takes on it. And then it plays itself out. And no matter what we thought going into the game, it didn't matter because it's completely out of our hands. Exactly. Especially now, man. I mean, every week in the NFL, it's been scrubs that beat good teams. This weekend, Denver whooped Kansas City, right? Patty Mahomes had the flu or something, I guess. But Denver whooped them. Who would have thought that? I know. You know, and it's, it's crazy. Like, I feel like it's every week, man. You know, that's uh, why you got to play the game, I guess. Yep. Yeah. 100% true. Buddy, speaking of playing games, 
big game coming up on Sunday night. We do. I was just about to ask you about that. What do you think? We're we're three-point underdogs, which is basically a push because Cincinnati's at home. Mm -hmm. It's going to be Sunday night football, national lights. I just want Josh Allen to play well. I just want him to play well. I want to win, but I want him to play well because I feel like if he plays well, we will win this game. I don't know, man. Cincinnati whooped the 49ers last week. 49ers have been sliding uh, the last couple weeks. Joe Burrow starting to Joe Burrow again. Um, He started off slow because he was hurt. He's starting to get his foot in. But I tell you, man, for some reason, I feel good about it. Do you? I don't know why. Maybe it's a fandom of me. I don't know. But I feel good about it. I, I would like to think we get up for the good teams. I'd like to think that, yeah. I would like to think that. And I, I worry more about the scrubs than I do. I think we're going to be up for Cincinnati. I feel good about it. I I, I think we're going to win this game. Hmm. I'm not going to give a score prediction because that means nothing. But <laughs> I think I think Josh Allen is going to play well. Um, and we're, and we're going to figure out a way to get it done. So my biggest concern about this game was that Cincinnati was going to get on track before playing the Bills. Mm-hmm. And like that was my concern. We know that they started off slowly and it really speaks to the fluidity of football like you said. They came out of the gate, Joe Burrow's calf was ailing, he wasn't playing well, the team wasn't winning. Blah 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 blah. Everybody wrote them off after a month and now nobody wants to play them. So the concern is coming true. Cincinnati looks like they're back to being Cincinnati. That's not great, right? I agree. The Bills have struggled with with the Bengals the past couple of years. We have. I don't see the Bills able to stop Joe Mixon enough to take the ball out of Cincinnati's hands. And that is influencing what I think the outcome of this game is going to be. And I'm that, that really scares me. You know, the, the fact that the, the Buffalo defense is struggling a little bit. I know that they, they found some ways around that this past game by moving Jordan Poyer down to the down, down linebacker and rap was playing safety. So we went, uh, more like a nickel look. And Poirier been playing good lately, though. He has been. Rap is not great. He's not. The linebackers that have been filling in for Milano have not been great, Mm -hmm. uh, which is why Dorian Williams is on the bench now. Um, You know, this is is going to be the second real test that the Bills have had. The first one was against the Dolphins, and the Bills, I mean – they were incredible that game. Right. They do play up to or down to their opponents. Yeah. But this isn't the same Bills team that played Miami. That is true. I'm I'm feeling uh I'm not feeling optimistic. So you think it's AL? I think what? You think it's a loss. I think it's going You're to be, thinking- yeah. You're sticking with the loss. Okay. No, I mean, I get it. Do you feel like 
because people feel like this is a pivotal game for us, meaning this is like a must-win for us. Do you believe that? No. I don't either. I don't either. This isn't college football. One game, only thing it does, if we win, everybody just pats us on the back. Like the Miami game, I don't think anything is going to probably get better than us beating Miami that <laughs> this year. Right. Nothing on the schedule. I mean, maybe if we go into the Philadelphia and beat the Eagles, but with the way they've been playing lately, is that impossible? Not impossible. You know? Um, but, Cowboys, you know, the Eagles are still 6-1. and one. Yeah, but are they eagerly? Yeah. <laughs> you know, are they looking like the, you know, would, would you be shocked if, all right, we, we, we beat the Dolphins at home, right, after they had just put up like 80 points against somebody. Yep. No one really gave us a chance, and we blew the doors off of them, mm-hmm. right? So if we, and let's just look at the good teams we got remaining, Bengals, Broncos, hopefully, I mean, I'm not, once again, I'm not going to call it Broncos or Skrill because they beat Kansas City, but hopefully we can beat them. Hopefully we can get the Jets at home. The Eagles, the Chiefs, the Cowboys. Then we got the Chargers, Patriots, Dolphins, which are all winnable games, right? So if we beat the Bengals and or the Eagles and or the Chiefs, would you really be surprised? No, I won't be surprised if they beat them. Yeah, that's I, I would I'm be. Saying. I'd be surprised if they beat all three. All three, yeah, <laughs> <laughs> yeah. All right, I'll say that. Yeah, I guess you, it's the sum of them. Yeah, but, but the Bills have they've they've got a shot against all these teams. Like I, I don't think that they're going to beat the Bengals, uh, but they certainly have a shot. I mean, there's, yeah, you know, I, this isn't the type of thing where I'm like, why even bother playing the game? Because if the Bills play a good game, yeah, they'll win. And it's so funny, man, because and we talked about the uh, Bucks game on Thursday. You realize we were Godwin looking up two seconds earlier from having a totally different podcast today. Oh my gosh, yes! Because there's no way that ball should have hit the ground, right? Somebody has to deflect the ball. Jalen Newton playing right guard on a Cosby's JV team knows that. Mm-hmm. If it's a Hail Mary, you knock it down. Nobody touched it. And Godwin, he just looked up too late. If he yeah, well, there was a reason second- he there was a reason he wasn't looking up at all. Because on the Hail Mary plays, you always have a rebounder. He was right. supposed to be the rebounder. Oh, okay. All right. Yeah. Good observation. Uh, yeah, and with uh, with those plays, just so everybody knows, you have you have typically five receivers in one spot. Three of them go to the middle. They're your jumpers. Their job is to, if it's right to them, catch it. Usually isn't. Their job is to bat the ball to their teammate, and they'll always have one teammate in the front of the pile and one teammate behind the pile a few yards away. So when that ball does get swatted, they can – with their quick hands, react, catch it. Right. That's how it goes down. To you, Makes sense. Makes sense. But other guys weren't able to be in their positions because it was all kind of guys getting drugged to the ground and this and that and the yes. other. So, you know, it didn't work out. But, I mean, 
Anywho, if that ball would have gotten caught, regardless, this would have been a totally different pod. Mm -hmm. (laughs) But we won, you know, and I think it was – some of it is McDermott getting conservative, like you said, second half. And everybody with eyes can see that Josh Allen first half, man, I tell you, we came out no huddling on all cylinders. He ran the football well. He ran smartly. That's the Josh Allen we need to see. And if mm-hmm. we can just continue to see that, then I think we can beat teams, you know. But once again, McDermott being a defensive coach, I think that spreads to the offense, and then I think we got conservative and, you know, uh, complacent a little bit. We got to keep the foot on the gas. So So hopefully we can do that. If we're talking about what-ifs, is it worth talking about if the Bills didn't have two big fourth-down penalties, the game never gets to that point? That is true. You got to play smart. You're right. Yeah. You got to play smart. Um, But, you know, that's – that's the week that was, and they came right. out of there with a W, even though it was closer than it should have been. I really want some of that good juju to go forward to this Bengals game, though. Are you looking for it because it's a Sunday night? You like Sunday night games? I don't know. You don't know if you like Sunday night games? I think I, I, think I like Sundays at 1 o'clock. Yeah, it's probably easier. I don't like waiting all day. It's kind of like Christmas, you know? I really look forward to watching the Bills, you know, and even on the West Coast, right, when you're out there and the game comes on at 10 o'clock or when I was in Hawaii and I watched the Jets game back in, I want to say it was like 2008, 2009, somewhere in there. The game comes on at like 8 or 9 o'clock a.m. I love that. Oh, my God, I love it. As soon as you wake up because it kind of drives me. You know, it gives you time to go to church, right, and come home and watch the game. But if I don't go to church, it's kind of like I'm just waiting around for the Bills to play at 1 o'clock. And then it's kind of like, okay, now I got to wait all day to see the Bills play at 8 o'clock, even though we uh, I have a four-day weekend. So it can be good. Have a couple of beers and sleep in on Monday a little bit. So Hell yeah. Yes, sir. So. We've gone an hour, bro. Jeez. Yeah, way too long. Do we, do we get overtime? No, no. We don't get no overtime? Pay? No, we okay. don't. Okay. All right. I think it's time for a song. Good show, my friend. Hey, hey, hey. Hey, this is Scott Galloway, author, professor, entrepreneur, and most importantly, host of the Prop G podcast. We got a special series running on right now called The Future of Work, where I answer all your questions on, surprise, The Future of Work. Questions including, what are we missing when we work remotely? Or how do we handle work-life balance when a major opportunity comes knocking? From the provocative to the technical, we're offering insights you won't want to miss. So tune in to The Future of Work, a PropGPod special sponsored by Canva. You can find it on the PropGPod wherever you get your podcasts.